just thank you so much, God, for the opportunity that we have just to come week in and week out, God, to study your word. Uh, God, we thank you for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word uh, is true. Your word is living and active and is sharper than any two-edged sword. God, and it cuts down all the way through the bone and the marrow to the soul and the spirit. God, we thank you, uh, God, that your word, um, God, surpasses time. God, I thank you for that last song that we we say, God, about getting the dust off our Bibles. God, I pray that not a one of us in this room, God, would have a Bible that's got dust on it. But God, that like the saying says, a Bible that's falling apart probably belongs to a person whose life is not. God, I pray that our Bibles would be falling apart at the seams. God, and we would be living for you. So God, we thank you for your word. God, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come week in and week out and study your word. God, I just pray that tonight, God, as we are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, God, as we're talking about clarity and who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, uh, God, I just pray that you would give me clarity, uh, God, tonight as I uh, try to articulate these things that your word has to say, God. And I just pray that there would be some clarity with us, God, so that we would embrace who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit has for us to do and what he has to do through us. So, God, we just pray that you be with this word tonight, God. We pray that these would not be my words, but, God, that you would speak through God, I lay myself aside. God, may anything that is of me, God, may it fall on deaf ears, or may I not even be able to get it out of my mouth. But God, may your perfect word ring true. God, we pray that your word tonight would encourage us. God, that it would inspire us. God, and that it would challenge us to live our lives more for you. So God, we thank you. We praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise God for... The cup of water having ice in it. Thank you, Bo. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, guys, as I mentioned, uh, we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit uh, called Clarity. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit in you, and you really can't see it because the lights really offset our projector. But uh, the title of our series that we've been going through, this is week four, uh, it's called Clarity, the Holy Spirit in You. And I really want to encourage you guys, and I know I say this every week, but I'm really going to drive this home until I see everyone with either a smartphone or a notebook in front of them. I encourage you guys to take notes. Not because I think I have anything good to say. Because really, if you sat around with me for more if you sat around with me for more than twenty minutes, I just kinda of start talking about random things. I don't got a bunch of great stuff to say, but I know God's word has a bunch of amazing things to say. So I would encourage you guys to be taking notes. And so, if you've been taking notes, or maybe you haven't, here's a great opportunity for you to get catched up. The very first week, we talked about, uh, in a message that was titled, Forgotten Power. John, you can hit that slide, uh, go into that. We, we talked about forgotten power. We talked about who the Holy Spirit is, and how the church as a whole uh, has kind of forgotten who the Holy Spirit is in the last few hundred years. Uh, and it, so much so to the point that, like, Charles Spurgeon, one of the uh, greatest uh, ministers uh, of the 19th century, he said, man, I just wish we had the Holy Spirit. The church doesn't have the Holy Spirit anymore. Uh, so much so that A.W. Tozer, not even 50 years ago, said, if the Holy Spirit was removed from the church today, 90% of the things that we do would continue and no one would know the difference. That's kind of harsh. And he said, if the Holy Spirit was removed from the early church, 90% of what they did would stop and everyone would know the difference. God forbid that we forget who the Holy Spirit is. And so then the next week, what we talked about uh, in our sermon that was titled, I Believe I Can Fly, and we got the title from uh, the Apostles' Creed, I Believe in the Holy Ghost. And we talked about what it means to believe in the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. The number one point, the first point of this message was the Holy Spirit is a who, not an if. 
It's a person, not a thing, okay? The Holy Spirit is a personal person, okay? And He's a person of the Trinity. It's amazing what God is doing through the Holy Spirit, okay? And so we believe that we can fly. We believe, hey, the Holy Spirit gives us power, and we should operate in the power that He's given us. And then I gave you guys the cliffhanger that you wouldn't get it the next week, but you'd get it this week. Because last week, we heard from our guest speaker, Bo Clark, the kitten astronaut, uh, and, and he just broke down uh, what Scripture has to say about the Holy Spirit, which was really kind of just setting the platform for this week. But he said, this is what Scripture says, and ultimately, when it all comes down to the end of it, you can have arguments, you can have misunderstandings, you can go back and forth on different points, but what does 1 Corinthians 13 say? It says, hey, tongues, it's going to cease. Prophecy, it's going to cease. Healing, it's going to cease. And only a few things are going to remain, and that's faith, hope, and love. And of those three things that remain, love is the most important. So if we don't have love, we're nothing. Okay? So we need to love one another. So we finished early last week, and we fellowship, and we let the love of God flow in our midst. And it was fun. So now, you guys have to sit down and listen for a long time, because we got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, not really. I'm going to be good. Uh, it's really dark. You can't even see it. That's a bummer, because this was a really cool picture. These are the Ghostbusters. Okay? This is Dan Aykroyd over here, and that's Bill Murray. I don't know who that is. Uh, but the title of the message, if you guys are taking notes, the title of the message is Factoids and Ghost Stories. Okay, because what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk what the Bible has to say, the facts of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in his people. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, because in the church, a lot of the reason why the Holy Spirit has been forgotten or put in the closet is because there's been people who have said, look what the Holy Spirit is doing. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit, and it freaked a lot of people out. Okay, And we're going to talk about, really, what maybe some ghost stories and some things that aren't really scriptural, how maybe they're good, but they're not in the right place when they're blamed on the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that, and then we're going to just close it all with, with all this being said, now what do we do with the Holy Spirit? Does that sound good? I'll give you the little, uh, uh, the little spoiler, alert, spoiler alert for next week. Next week's message... Uh, is titled The Purpose of Pentecost, and we're going to really talk about what the purpose of the Holy Spirit in the body of believers is all about. Okay, We're going to cover some uh, information tonight, and then we're going to look at the purpose next week, and then we're going to close out our series in two weeks uh, with uh, a sermon that's titled Receive Him Now. And, and, and we want each and every single one of you guys to be full of the Holy Ghost. Okay, It'd be like me telling you, okay, I've got a five-course meal for you. It comes with dessert and a limo. And then you show up, not in the limo, and I only give you four courses. God has given us the whole deal. He's given us the full gospel. And it would be a bummer for us not to partake in everything that God has for us. And God has the Holy Spirit for each and every single one of us to not only have living inside of us, but we are to be baptized and operate in the full power of the Holy Spirit. Sound like a plan? All right. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to jump all over Scripture. Is that okay with you guys? Uh, I hope you brought your Bibles tonight. You guys got your Bibles? If you got a Bible, put it up in the air. Let me know. Put your Bible up in the air. Wave it around. People came to, to battle. This is like the sword section right here. We got some Bibles. We got a laptop up in the air. And we got some smartphones. If you're a smartphone Bible, let me see your smartphone Bible. Amen for smartphone Bibles. That's cool. Uh, how many of you guys got a leather-bound Bible? Leather? How many of it's fake leather? Anyone got like a one of those cardboard wood-bound Bibles? Those are the good ones. Right, super heavy. Okay. 
Regardless, if you got your Bible, I want you to turn real quick with me uh, to Romans. But before we get to Romans, we have to go through the book of Acts. So turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You can't talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So let me know when you get to Acts chapter 1, verse 8 by saying holla. And if you aren't there yet, let me know by saying hold up. Hold up, hold up. All right, we'll wait just a little bit for you. I just like <laughs> All right, guys, this is what it says. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I would encourage you guys, this is not even part of the sermon, okay? This is just a side note. But I would encourage you guys, how many of you guys think it's important if we memorize Scripture? Mm, come on, yeah. Yes. It is important to memorize Scripture, and it's imperative that we know what God's Word has to say, okay? So I'm going to just challenge you all. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Go home and memorize it this week. Some of you already have it memorized. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8 goes something along these lines. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, first in Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. Come on. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To what? Be my witnesses. What is a witness? It is someone who testifies of something that he has seen. And so we are to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon. Come on. Okay? You remember two weeks ago when we were talking, we said the Holy Spirit is in our midst in three areas of salvation. One, he is drawing us. Okay? The next is he is in us. And then the third is he comes upon us. Mm -hmm. And so we're really going to break down in these next three weeks what it means when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Because there is a very distinct different thing from when we give our hearts to the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in us, Mm -hmm. there is a distinctly separate occasion that takes place. The second blessing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to endue us with power. Yes, are we saved at this point? Absolutely. Yes, do we do great things in the name of Jesus? Yes. But we don't have the full power of God until we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, if I were to go around and I were to ask you all individually, or if I were to ask you collectively, if you guys want to experience the power of God and to see the power of God in your life, would that be something that you want with a show of hands? Yeah, that's something I want. And that's something that Paul prayed that each and every single one of us would want. We're going to get there in just a minute tonight. We're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be witnesses. We're going to talk more about what it means to be a witness next week when we're talking about the purpose of Passover. But now, if you would, flip with me over to Romans chapter 12. Okay? Just a few pages over. Romans chapter 12. And there's a lot of uh, awesome things that we're going to talk about uh, in here. So, when you get to Romans chapter 12, let me know by saying holla. And if you're not there yet, you can let me know by saying... Hold up. John Paul Williams, you got a question? I think we have a few pens there in the back. And if you don't have a Bible, I think we have an extra one back there. Um, I'm sorry, I should have brought a bunch of pens. If you have a pen or your neighbor has a pen that they would share, we'd love it if you pass some pens around. This is what it says in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to give you guys like 15 seconds to get out your notebooks and notepads and all that fun stuff. But we're in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Okay, we're in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and we're going to read through the first part of verse 9. Does that sound good? Okay, is everyone there? I got the thumbs up from Kate Santos in the back. This is what it says. For I say... 
through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. First thing I want us to think about. It says, I would have that none of you, in the grace of Christ, think of yourselves higher than one another. Okay? Don't think of yourselves higher than one another. Okay? And this goes for all of you. But here's the cool thing. It also goes for me. It also goes for me. I'm not going to think about myself higher than any of you guys. Okay? We are all equals. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we all have our purposes and our functions in the church. How do I know this? Because this is what it says right here. It says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Here's the part where I really want you guys to start paying attention. Because I'm going to quiz you on this in just a second. It says, for as we have many members in one body... But all the members do not have the same function. Aren't you glad you don't have five thumbs on every hand? Oh, Aren't you glad you can't smell with your eyes? How many of you guys want to put a piece of pizza in your eye to smell it? No. Our, our members don't do all the same things. Everything has a specific function. Where the pizza in your eye can't, I have no clue. But this is what it says. So being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having them gifts... Differing according to the grace that was given to us. Let us use them. Okay? So God has specific gifts. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit, and He has them for us to use. God does not give you gifts not to use. Okay? When God gives you something, you should probably use it. We're going to continue. This is what it says. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. In the portion of our faith. Or ministry. Let us use our ministering. He who teaches, let him use it in teaching. He who exhorts, let him use it in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And this is what it says in verse 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Come on. Let love be without hypocrisy. So we see here some gifts. What are some gifts that we see mentioned by the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Romans or in Rome? Uh, what are some gifts of the Spirit that we see? Did anyone? What's that? Exhortation. Exhortation. Ministry. What else? Mercy. Prophecy. Prophecy. Giving. Giving. That's a gift that's not talked about a lot. Okay. We talk about giving in church, but do you guys know that giving? Above and beyond, that's a spiritual gift. And God grants us that and says, hey, you have the gift to give more. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay, what are some other things that we see in here? We see ministry, exhortation. We see mercy. We see prophecy. What are some other things that we saw in there? There's a big one. I'm doing it right now. What was that, Taylor? Yeah, teaching. Okay, there's a spiritual gift of teaching. Okay. All these gifts, and we're going to talk about what these gifts are all about in just a few moments. But what is the underlying thing underneath all these gifts at the very end? It says what? Let us love. Let us love. You're going to see when Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, he mentions love at the end of all of it. Because the gifts have their purpose. But if they're without love, what does 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tell us? Then we are a plain symbol or a... A resounding gong. A noisy piece of brass. How many of you guys have ever been in a school band before? 
It's, it's okay if you raise your hand. We're not going to make fun of you. I was a band geek. Okay. I was a band geek, and I, I I'm a proud band geek. Yeah, right. Okay. I played trombone. I played trombone. I did not play trombone well. Um, I did make it to honor band once, but I was really bad at trombone. Trombone is a brass instrument. Have you ever heard a trombone that's not playing well? Yes. It sounds a lot it's really bad. It's horrible. Okay, it's bad. But even so much so that when I'm playing the trombone bad, trombones sit in the very back row of the band. Guess who's right behind the trombones? The drummer with the cymbal. Bo's a drummer. Everyone look at Bo. Bo played drums in band. He was actually good. Okay. But here's the deal. The cymbal person is right behind the trombone. And so whenever I played bad, it just made it even worse that the cymbals were playing bad. No one wants to hear it. And it's the same thing for us. If we don't love one another, you can be the smartest, you can be the wisest, you can be the most gifted teacher in the world. But if you don't love... It means nothing. It means nothing. It says, let your love be love without hypocrisy. If I'm up here talking, or if any of you guys are anywhere proclaiming Jesus, but then when you turn your back, you're not showing love, everything you said was hypocrisy, and it means nothing. So let love win out. But, this is what it says, if you have the gift of prophecy, you should prophesy. If you have the gift of teaching, then you should teach. If you got the gift of ministering, and what that means, guys, is kind of getting down in the nitty-gritty with people, okay? Like, I'm going to go fight through the trenches with you. I'm going to go hand-in-hand hand with you. Hey, go lend a brother or a sister a hand if you got that gift. If you got the gift of giving, give until the cows come home. Because here's the deal. God blesses those who give. That's not prosperity gospel. That's gospel gospel. Okay? Now, the Bible doesn't say you're going to get a car, the biggest house, and whatnot. You might. You might. And that ain't a problem. Okay? But if you are giving and you give more, you're operating in a spiritual gift. And that's awesome. And God loves that. And God blesses that and rewards that. Here's the other thing. If you are someone who is merciful, okay, show mercy. Okay? I'm the kind of person... Because I think it's because I played football and I'm a football coach. Uh, but mercy is probably, if you were to do a spiritual gifts test, you can do those things. There's really smart people who do them. Uh, mercy always, for some reason, ends up as my lowest gift. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys. Your pastor's not a very merciful person. Uh, but that's because I'm a football coach. I have a tendency to see what you're doing wrong. I'm going to say, you're kind of crazy. Here's the solution. Now go do it. And if you don't do it, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm not merciful. But there are people, and I thank God for people who come alongside me and be like, hey, hey, we've got to be merciful. And they know how to operate in the gift of mercy. My brother Corey, he knows how to operate in the gift of mercy. If you guys know Wesley's brother, Corey, okay, he's, he, he's sometimes, he's a, he's a big, tough, strong guy. But that dude is merciful, okay? And he, when he sees people who are in need, okay, he says, I want to go help them. And I've sat down with him. He's probably going to try and wrestle me because I said this. But I've sat down with him and said, Corey, what do you, because he asked me, he said, Matt, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. And I said, all right, Corey, well, let's sit down, let's talk about it. And he, he said, you know, I really just, I want to help people. And I said, well, hey, brother, you got the spiritual gift of mercy. Guess what he did? He took the spiritual gift of his test. Guess what his number one spiritual gift was? Mercy. I heard it said once that pastors have the job of being supernatural talent scouts. Well, hey, maybe that's just one of the little perks. But here's the deal. Mercy is amazing. And if you have the gift of mercy, 
operate in the gift of mercy. The world needs mercy, but even more than the world needs mercy, the church needs mercy. Yes. Okay? Yes. The church needs mercy because in most situations and case scenarios throughout the history, the church has been a place where there's been a lot of hypocrisy. How many of you guys have ever experienced hypocrisy yeah. in a church before? Okay, the church has had a lot of hypocrisy, but the church needs to love. And a lot of the places where the church needs to love is the church needs to show mercy. They need to show mercy. God says, hey, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Guys, judging, that's not a spiritual gift. Okay? That's not a spiritual gift. Wesley, no. God did not give you the spiritual gift to judge one another. Okay? Guess what? God judges, but he uses us to edify one another. Okay? That's the truth right there. There's now flip with me. Way. What's that? There's a respectful way of doing it. There's a respectful way of going about it and showing people love. Yes. Okay? And here's the deal. We show people love sometimes with the truth. Okay? Because the truth is needed to be shown. But there's a loving way to show truth. There's a loving way to show truth, especially, especially with our brothers and our sisters. We don't beat around the bush and say, oh, you know, you know, it's fine, it's fine, because that's not true love. But we gotta show them what truth is. Does that sound good? Yeah. You guys, can you, can you guys that? Yeah. yeah. Keeping each other accountable. Turn with me if you will in your Bibles. I told you we're flipping all over the place. Hey, no, Flip over good. to Ephesians for me. Okay. Yeah. How many of you guys enjoyed our sermon series in Ephesians for the last 16 weeks? Amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, this is what it says in Ephesians chapter four. Okay. I told you we'd hit this part again. Shortly, and now here we are shortly thereafter hitting this up. This is what it says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he himself gave, who's the he himself? Jesus. Yeah, that's Jesus, okay? And this is what Jesus has for us. He says this, and he himself gave some to be apostles, okay? Jesus has given the spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit has given the operating gift of apostleship. What does it mean to be apostle? Does anyone know what the word apostle means? John, be sent. It means to be sent. Apostle literally means the sent out ones. Those who were sent out to go do a work. Now, some denominations in Christianity believe that the office or the operation of the gift of apostleship ended with the first century church. Okay? And the way they justify this is that in the early church, one of the one of the criterias for being an apostle was someone who saw Christ's ministry. Okay? Which, when we look at the apostles, those who were the twelve disciples, uh, we see that they walked with Jesus. Um, and then some say, well, wasn't Paul an apostle? He never saw Jesus in person. Okay, well, let me remind you, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, who did he experience when he was on the horse? Jesus. Yeah, he experienced Jesus. Okay, he saw Jesus, and he was an apostle. But we see other people in Scripture described as apostles. Here's the deal. We don't want to get hung up on the do's and the don'ts and the why's and the if-nots and what all that stuff. Apostleship is still alive today. It's not so you can walk around and say, I am Apostle Matthew. I am Apostle Bo. I am Apostle John Paul Williams. Apostle, that's just the title, okay? And if you're seeking the title rather than the gift, well, then you got something wrong, and it's called pride. And that needs to be dealt with with love. But here's the deal. The gift of apostleship is very much still alive today. Have any of you ever met a missionary before? Okay, they are operating in the gift of apostleship. They are being sent out from a church to go establish another work. How many of you guys work or go to school? 
Did you know that you have been called to be an apostle? You have been called to be sent into where you are. Your workplace is your mission field. Go operate in the gift of apostleship. Yeah? Okay? If you're at school, go operate in the gift of apostleship. Maybe you have it just a little bit. Okay? Operate in the grace and the measure you've been given. Isn't that what Romans chapter 12 said? Operate in the grace and the measure that you've been given. But maybe you're not a full-blown, straight-up apostle. Maybe you're a prophet. Some people say, well, the, the operation of prophet died in the Old Testament. We don't need prophets anymore because prophets went and they proclaimed the way of Jesus. And now, since Jesus has already come, we don't need prophets anymore. We don't need prophets anymore. But Paul tells us, and we're going to get to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, hey, I want you guys to seek the gift of prophecy. What it means to prophesy is it means to build up and to edify the body. Okay, You speak the word of the Lord in truth and with boldness, and you can prophesy. And what that is, is is really, it might just be an encouraging word for someone. You might have, the Holy Spirit might lay something on your heart, and like, man, I need to go talk to Brandon, because I just feel like he might be going through this. And you just give him an encouraging word, operating in the gift of prophecy, and Brandon might say to you, man, you know what? No one knows this, but ten minutes ago, that very thing you just said just happened to me, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. But thank you for that word from the Lord. And guys, prophecy is very much around today. Okay? And God will use each and every single one of us, if we allow the Spirit to move through us, to encourage one another. And that's awesome. And we can prophesy one to another. That's really cool. Okay, we're going to get to that in just a few few more minutes because I really don't, I'm not supposed to spend this much time in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, to some he gave to be an evangelist. Okay? You guys know what it means to be an evangelist? It means you're crazy jacked up about telling people about Jesus. Okay? You're crazy on fire about telling people about Jesus. And you're like, man, have you heard about Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus saves you. Do you want to give your heart to Jesus? Yes, well, and then you're right. Some people say no, and you're like, on to the next one. And there is some amazing evangelists in this world. You guys ever heard of a guy, he's, he's kind of a big deal, his name is Billy Graham. Okay, the dude's an evangelist, okay, and he does some amazing things. Did you know that? You can be an evangelist. Olivia back there in the back, she loves evangelism, okay? She loves it. I'm not just saying that because she's my sister. She loves to evangelize. Okay? I've seen a lot of you guys. You guys love to evangelize. Man, I was on the streets of Portland with this dude right here and, and this guy right here. Uh-oh. I was on the streets of Portland with Chico and Wesley. And these dudes, no joke, we like got separated somehow from our group. Okay, We're down Thursday night at a night strike. And I'm like, I'm like the youth leader. I'm like, where on earth are Chico and Wesley? We're like downtown. This is a bad deal. It's like 9 o'clock and I can't find these guys. And some dude comes running up. Hey, are you Chico and Wesley's pastor? I'm like, yeah. He's like, they're talking to this guy over here. It's awesome. So I run up there. And you guys have been talking to that dude for what, an hour? Yeah. Yeah, like, and you guys are just telling him all about Jesus. And I was like, these dudes are evangelists. It's awesome. Now they're at Corbin University getting some Bible knowledge, some Bible degree, and they're ready to go do this thing. You were just in Honduras, okay, for two weeks. God did some epic things through you. And we get to hear about some of the cool things that, that God did through uh, our good friend Wesley. My man Chico... Chico, you're leaving in how many days? I leave Sunday. He leaves Sunday. He leaves Sunday, and he's going to be go, going and doing some evangelism stuff all over <coughs> really, the Pacific Northwest. Are you yeah. going up to Alaska, too? Yeah. 
Okay, you're just in the Pacific Northwest area. He's going to be working at some camps with some youth kids. It's going to be some epic things, okay? So I want you guys, I'm, I'm letting you guys all know this, so you guys can be praying for Chico, okay? God's doing some amazing things, and God has power for each and every single one of us. God has the gifting for each and every single one of us, okay? To some it's given, to some it's not. But man, if you have the gift of evangelism, operate in the gift of evangelism. Do it. Be the craziest evangelist in the world, okay? You might be surprised. You never know if the next Billy Graham is not sitting in this room right now. Check this out. Maybe you lead one person to Jesus. Check this out. What if the one person you lead to Jesus is the next Billy Graham? Mm. And it's all about you stepping out in faith. Here's the question that was asked me. This is the question that was asked me, and it has rocked my world ever since. It's rocked my world from ever since. And it is this. Whose salvation? Are you sure it's like Inception? Yeah. That's awesome. Whose salvation is on the other side of your willingness to obey? Whose salvation is on the other side of your willingness to obey? God told us to go into all the world to make disciples. We are to be witnesses. And whose salvation is on the other side of you being obedient to what God has called you to do? And here's the cool thing. Maybe you're like, I don't know. I don't want to talk. I don't want to do it. Guess what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. In Acts chapter 2, we didn't read that. We're going to read it next week. But when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, okay, they spoke in tongues a little bit. But what did Peter do after that? He went out and he spoke the word of God with boldness. And how many people were added to the church that day? 3,000 people. Church was 120 strong in one sermon. One person operating in the gift of evangelism and with the power and the boldness to come from the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. Come on. That's exciting. Okay? It's a lot of people. And guess what? You have the power and the opportunity to do that now. You might not be standing in front of 3,000 people, but you have the power to change one. It's all starting with helping another. Because this world already has troubles. So. Yes. And I want to elaborate just a little bit more on that. It, no, 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 no. That's good. It all stems from this. Check this out. Someone said, man, there's so many lost people in this world. The, the world's already got so much issues. I really, it's not going to be worth my time to tell anyone. It's not going to be worth my time to tell anyone. Check this out. There was a story, true story, California. Something happened way back in the day. And, and, and a disease swept through the starfish colony. Okay, how many of you guys knew there was a starfish colony that lived in the ocean? Okay, there was a colony of starfishes, and they got hit by a a disease, and they just started washing up on shore. They started washing up on shore, and the beaches were covered in starfish. Okay, you could like rake up piles of starfish. And one day, this this man's walking across the beach, and he looks off in the distance, and he sees this little kid throwing starfishes into the ocean, throwing starfishes into the ocean. The guy walks up to the kid, and he goes, he goes, kid, what are you doing? He goes, I'm saving the starfishes. Saving the starfish. And the man, because you know how adults are when there's kids. They're like, all right, well, son, look at the beach. There's so many starfish, you're not going to make a difference. And you know what the kid said as he had the one starfish in his hand? He said, well, I made a difference for this one. Wow. Man, See, guys, that is I'm getting choked impact. up. Guys, <laughs> you, guys, guys, this is serious. No, you sorry. have the opportunity to change someone's life. I'm being straight up serious. Each and every single one of you. Man, I'm getting choked up. You don't see that happen that often. Guys, you have the opportunity. 
to make an eternal impact in someone's life. And we just have the opportunity to step out and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit, okay? Ghost stories and all that stuff aside. Talking in tongues, hooting and hollering, all that stuff. That's, that's cool. It's got its place. But people's lives are being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what it is all about. Come on, Emma. this. That's what it's all about. It's about lives being changed. Look around you. We got a few seats that are empty. We got a full house tonight. Guess what? You know how awesome it would be if each and every single one of you said, you know what, this week I'm going to make it my purpose to tell one person about Jesus and I'm going to bring that one person to Ecclesia next week. Mm-hmm. You guys realize if you did that, there would not be enough seats in this place. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it could happen. It could happen. So I want to challenge you guys. Bring someone. Bring someone. Tell someone about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tell someone about Jesus. Hey, if they never come here, but they hear about Jesus and they give their heart to the Lord, praise God. Mm-hmm. We're told that the angels in heaven are rejoicing. That the angels in heaven are rejoicing. I'm getting off my sermon notes here. This is no, good. So okay, I want to build you guys up with this going, because this is the truth. This is the truth. I'm listening. When Stephen, okay, Stephen, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he was martyred for his belief in God. He was murdered for his belief in Jesus, okay? You can read about him in Acts chapter 7. And he, he gives this great exhortation of how Jesus is the fulfillment of Scripture and how the Holy Spirit has, has now come and how you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He gets stoned. But as he's getting stoned, the Bible tells us that he looks up into heaven. And what does he see in heaven? Come on. He doesn't see... Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Everywhere else in Scripture, you see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. That means Stephen did something so epic that Jesus gave him a standing ovation. Dude, you guys, you guys can do that exact same thing, and Jesus can give you a standing ovation. That's right. Operate in the gifts and the power that the Holy Spirit has for you and be witnesses for Jesus. Yeah. Tell someone about Jesus. If it's just one person, you made a difference for that one. Amen? Amen. Come on. Man, I'm getting all choked up and whatnot. And then it says, and some to be pastors and teachers. This is to be a shepherd and someone to share the word of God. Okay? That's what I'm doing. We don't really need to elaborate on that one much more but hey god has gifted some of you in this room to be pastors and teachers okay god has gifted some of you to be pastors and teachers i've heard some of you guys preach before okay and some of y'all preach really well i'm gonna brag on shanae because she's here this girl brought the fire with our youth group down at the beach i ain't even joking man we were at the beach this this last spring for our youth retreat and shanae brought the word that girl can preach John, he can preach. He can preach. I heard Brandon preach before. Brandon's brought it, man. God has gifted you guys. And God wants you to operate in your gifts. Here's the deal, guys. I was encouraged with this today. So I'm going to encourage you guys with it, too. If I'm up here just preaching, but none of you guys have the opportunity, and none of you guys really go and actually do anything with what you're hearing, I ain't doing my job. 
God has an opportunity for each and every single one of you. You don't need a pulpit to preach. You can preach in your household. You can preach at your school. You can preach wherever. Okay? And God wants you to lead people. That's what it means to be a pastor. It doesn't mean wear a fancy suit, have a cool pulpit, maybe have a church. What a pastor means is to be a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? It looks over somebody. You have people in your life that you, just by default, oversee and you look over. God wants you to pastor those people well. Pastor is just a title, just like apostle. I'm just mad. We're all saints. If you really want to get down to it, we're all saints. The Bible calls us all saints. Saint sounds cooler than apostle or pastor. Yes. I'm Saint Matt. How sweet is that? But here's the deal. Guys, each and every single one of us, you could operate in that gift, and you could operate in that power, and you can oversee, and you can really show people what it means to love Jesus. Man. Crazy stuff. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Woo! You guys learn anything, or are you guys just like, man, he's getting jacked up. I'm kind of getting scared. No, it's, okay. it's good. It's okay. I'm not foaming up. Bull. Amen for bull. Come on. Amen. I like it. I ain't going to throw this cup, I promise. I'm going to stay here. I'm not one of those kind of pastors. Here we go. This is what it says. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual, what does your Bible say? Present spiritual gifts. Present. Okay, how many of you guys in your Bibles... Uh, do you see the word gifts in italicized font? Okay, just so you guys know, it's important for us to be students of the word. Okay, whenever you see something in italicized font in the Bible, it is a word that was added for clarity. Okay, like in the Greek, it wouldn't make sense to us speaking English, so they put the word gift in there. But nine times out of the ten, anytime there's an italicized, it's a part that actually it was there to make it less confusing and makes it more confusing. Okay, because we here in the church, how many of you guys have ever heard in the church, what spiritual gifts are you operating in? Right? Okay. You, you, you might have even heard me say that. I'm just a product of, uh, of, of the English language. Okay? Really what it is, is these are spirituals. Okay? God has spirituals for us. It is the Greek word pneumatikos. Everyone say pneumatikos. Pneumatikos. Now say it like you mean it. Pneumatikos. All right, there you go. So what, what these are is these are spirituals. These are operations that the Spirit manifests itself in. Okay? This is where the Spirit manifests itself. Okay? It's not like a present that you unwrap, but He does it through you. This is what it says. Okay? Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Wow. It's one of the things the church is most ignorant about. Spiritual gifts. So, Paul didn't want us to be, but we are because we're human. Whatever, he's going to lay it out for us. He says, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaks by the Spirit of God, uh, uh, no one who speaks by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. If you have professed faith in Jesus Christ, it is because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit, from the time you were born, is drawing you. The Holy Spirit is drawing all men. Now, some respond to him, others don't. But here's the deal. When you respond to Jesus, it is because of the Holy Spirit working in you. And this is what it goes on to say. It says, and there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Here's the deal. There's many different gifts. Okay, Depending on who you ask, there's a lot. Okay, But Romans chapter 12, write this down. Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 
1 Corinthians 14, and Ephesians chapter 4. Those way too fast. Okay, I'll, I'll say them a little slower. Please. Romans 12. Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And Ephesians chapter 4. Okay? In those are the lists of the gift of the Spirit. Okay? And there's a few more throughout Scripture, but these are the kind of the main ones. Okay? Uh, and this is what it says. There's diversity of gifts, but there's the same Spirit. And there's the difference of ministries, but there's the same Lord. And there's the diversity of the activities, but it's all the same God who works them all. Okay? There's different gifts. There's different operations. There's different manifestations. But here's the deal. It's all from the same God, all from the same Lord, all from the same Spirit. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Anyone tracking? Anyone lost? Okay, we're all tracking. There we go. Good. This is what it says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the spiritual gift that you've been given... We've mentioned a few of them. We're going to mention some more. Just saying, it was given to you not just to make you feel good. Okay, I don't have the spiritual gift of teaching and the spiritual gift of exhortation, the spiritual gift of knowledge, just so I can feel good about myself. Okay, now I do have those three gifts, and those are the gifts I operate in the most. But they're for the edification of all of us. Okay, I don't go and I look in a mirror and I don't preach to myself and be like, oh man. You're a good preacher. You look good. No, okay, no, that's that's dumb. That's not what it's about. But I come and I say, all right, God, use me. Speak through me, okay? And because you are still here, it's not because I'm here. It's because God's here. And uh, uh, But how many of you guys learn something? This isn't so I can pat myself on the back. How many of you guys learn something when I'm teaching? Okay? Yeah, because I'm operating in the gift of the Spirit. It's not because I got anything good, but it's because God's Word has something good. And His Spirit has given me the power and the gifts to articulate it sometimes better than other times. Sometimes I just go over your guys' heads, and that's my bad. This is what it continues to say. It says, For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Another faith. Did you guys know that faith is a spiritual gift? Okay, You can have a lot of faith, uh, and that's a spiritual gift. To another, uh, the gifts of healing. Another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kind of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those different kind of tongues. Okay, This is the part, guys, where I just want us to, to talk a little bit. Uh, because there's some confusion and there's some ignorance in the church about these things. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard the term speaking in tongues before? Okay, How many of you guys have ever heard someone speaking in tongues before? Okay, um, I myself I speak in tongues, and I understand to say that. It's like Hebrew. No, it's not Hebrew. It's not Hebrew. No, 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 no. You're good, and that's the right question to ask. How does one speak in tongues? Well, the verse we just read said some are given that gift. Yep. No, my my grandpa goes to like Jewish church. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, he's like a whole like nice. One of those like epic, epic. And but but here's the deal. Speaking in tongues, what is it for? Okay, Some people say, well, speaking in tongues, that's just a bunch of crazy stuff. That ain't real. Okay, In some cases, it's not. Okay, In some cases, people are speaking in tongues. They're making stuff up like goo gaga uh, just because they want to seem spiritual. I'm being straight up real with you. Uh, how many of you guys know when you go to a certain place, you're like, man, I want to feel like I fit in or I want to feel like I know it all. So you kind of 
pretend. Am I the only one who pretends sometimes to oh, like, I know, know a lot of stuff? Okay. Yeah, like when I go and watch baseball with my friends, I hate baseball. I know nothing about baseball. But I pretend to be like, yeah, you see what A-Rod did yesterday? I don't think A-Rod even plays anymore, so whatever. Uh, yeah, we, we pretend sometimes. Well, some people, when they go to church, and sometimes they do it unknowingly, okay? It's subconscious. But some people make stuff up because they want other people to look at them and say, wow, that person is spiritual. Maybe it's in worship. Sometimes you're like, man, I want everyone to see me worship. Okay? It happens. It happens. That, that's our human nature. We want people to look at us. Okay? Uh, so sometimes people, uh, they start saying things, and they're not really doing things for real. Okay? We're going to learn in just a few moments. i got to check time. Okay? Uh, we're going to learn in just a few moments when speaking in tongues uh, is appropriate. Okay? Uh, in a corporate setting. Okay, when we're all together, when is speaking in tongues uh, okay? Because maybe you, like me, I've been to a church where in the middle of the sermon, and I'm not even joking, in the middle of the sermon, some old lady stands up in the back and starts shouting like, whoa, 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 like all that kind of stuff. Have you ever been in a church like that? Okay, yeah, it happens in some churches. And sometimes that's right. Other times that's wrong. Here's the deal. If you got the gift of speaking in tongues, if you speak in tongues, okay, if you speak in tongues, praise the Lord. Paul says, hey, I would that y'all speak in tongues. But not everyone does because the gift gives here and there. Uh, the Spirit gives here and there. But here's the deal. Speaking in tongues, so what is you? It's you are praying, okay, you're praying in an unknown language. Sometimes, okay, so the Bible differentiates. Sometimes you're speaking in tongues of men. Other times you're speaking in tongues of angels. Okay? And, and, and you're praying to God. And it's when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit prays through you. Okay? It's and, yeah. It's, and, and no joke, it is amazing. It is amazing. Here's something else, though. And, and this, is, this is really cool. And it's been recorded throughout history. A dude uh, gets filled with the Holy Spirit and says, all right, all right, I'm going to operate in what the Lord's given me. And he starts speaking in tongues. He's like, I don't even know what these are. But two days earlier, he signed up to go on a missions trip. And he goes up, he ends in a country where he doesn't know the language and whatnot. But he says, all right, Spirit's telling me to speak in tongues, so I'm speaking in tongues. And guess what? He's speaking their language and preaching the gospel to them. And those people know exactly what he's saying, and they respond to Jesus. Okay? So sometimes it's speaking in the tongues of men. Sometimes it's speaking in the tongues of angels. And we're really going to cover speaking in tongues in, like, full depth next week when we talk about the purpose of Pentecost. Okay? Um, but it would be... Awesome if you guys did a little bit of study on your own about speaking in tongues, okay? But speaking in tongues is great, but it has its place, okay? Um, healings, those things, they all still happen today. Prophecy all happens today. First uh, Corinthians 13 talks about love. We heard it last week, but flip over with me, if you will, uh, to First Corinthians chapter 14. And we're really going to hit a lot on this next week, so I'm just really going to briefly talk about this um, tonight. But First Corinthians chapter uh, 14 has a lot to say. And it says this, uh, pursue love. Wow, go figure. Pursue love, right? I mean, that's what it's all about, love. Uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love, but also desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Pursue that in doing and that coming upon power of the Holy Spirit, Okay? Because it's good. What does Paul continue to say? He says this, For he who speaks in a tongue, <coughs> or coughs, um, <laughs> let me go back just because I skipped a part of verse 1. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Okay? 
seek the gift of prophecy. But it says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to all men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish that you all would speak with tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues unless he interprets that the church may receive the edification. So you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He just said greater than, and we just heard in Romans that no one should speak of themselves higher than one another. Okay, what this is saying to the church in Corinth, they had a superiority complex about themselves. Okay, this is the little step out of the Bible study. This is the history lesson. The church in Corinth was all about I'm the coolest dude in the world. Have you ever been to California before? Yeah, it was a lot like California. Okay. Yeah, that's an opportunity for you to laugh. People from California think they're all that. Um, but they're not from Oregon. Amen? Amen. They're not from Oregon, right? All right, come on. Uh, so the people in the people in Corinth, the people in the church of Corinth, they were all about, look at me, I speak in tongues. I'm the most spiritual person on the planet. Whatever. Right? Okay. And Paul's like, okay. Check this out. You're cool and whatnot, but the people who actually speak in words that you can understand, uh, they're a little bit cooler because they're actually helping people. Okay? So the person who's walking around just doing all this thing, Chico's like, man, I have no clue what he's saying. But then the person who comes and says, you know what, Chico? God wants you to prosper, and God wants you to go do this, this, and this, and God has a plan and a purpose for you in this specific situation. Boom. Chico's like, wow, thank you. I've been exhorted. I've been edified. I've been comforted, and I'm ready to go do what God's called me to do. That's amazing. Okay? And that's what Paul wants us to do. God wants us to build one another up. Okay? What does 1 Peter say? This isn't in the notes. This is just a little bonus nugget of truth. How many of you guys love it when God's word has a bonus nugget of truth for us? Right? Come on. Bogus nugget. Not bogus. Bonus. Um, watch how you pronounce those two. Okay? Uh, here's, a, here's a nugget of truth for you. 1 Peter tells us that we're living stones built upon one another. Do you guys know how they used to build back in the day? Does anyone know how they used to do masonry back in the day? Okay, do you know back in the day they didn't have mortar? You guys know what mortar is? How many of you guys know what mortar is? How many of you guys have ever seen a brick wall and you see like the, like the white stuff in between the bricks? That's mortar. It's like the glue that holds it all together. Do you know how they used to do it back in the day? Okay, the rocks were so finely cut, okay, that when they would fit together, friction would hold them in place. Corey, I'm going to use an example. Come on up here. First Peter tells us that we are uh, stones, living stones, put together uh, to build the temple of God. We have to build on one another. Okay? If Corey and I have mortar between us, we're not building on one another. But if friction, friction is holding us together. And the more friction you put, I'm not going to use y'all because we'd make a human pyramid, we'd fall over, there'd be lawsuits. But friction <laughs> holds us together. Give Corey a hand for coming up here. Friction holds together. Check this out. If you're a living stone and friction holds you together, guess what? That means you're going to do this with each other every once in a while. Right? Okay? God never said it was going to be perfect. We live on earth. Okay? We're going to rub each other wrong sometimes, but that friction holds us together. How do I know so? Because the Bible tells us that as iron sharpens iron, steel on steel sharpening. So one man sharpens. You realize when you go through the thick and the thin with people, when you hold one another up, you are building each other up and you are making each other. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you need the person sitting next to you? 
Look at the person who's sitting next to you, Chico. You can look at me because no one's sitting next to you. Okay, look at the person sitting next to you and say, I need you. I need you. Okay? And now, now, look at that person again. Look, look at that person again and say, you need me. That's the truth. Guys, you need each other, and that is God's plan, and that is God's purpose for you. And here's the deal. Each and every single one of us, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, and the Spirit has taken up residence inside of you, it is the same Spirit who gives gifts freely in the measure of the grace that He chooses but it is the same Spirit. And so the same Spirit that is living in you is helping you build one another up. And it is the Spirit's purpose and it is the Spirit's plan for the church to be built up one with another, to be effective and to be strong. That's the purpose of the Spirit, is to build the church and to grow the church. I'm looking at the clock. i got like three minutes. Ghost stories. Okay? Uh, you have heard, maybe you've heard stories before. And I don't have time to go around to... Um, to ask you if you've heard stories that like, oh man, the spirit was really moving in this place. The spirit was doing some crazy things. Okay. First off, let me just let you know the spirit doesn't do crazy things. Okay. Uh, the spirit doesn't do weird things. Uh, the spirit doesn't do things uh, that are. Uh, ooh, what was that? Okay. The spirit does things that he says he does. Okay. And the Bible has a lot to say. Okay. But the Bible says a set amount of things, okay? Uh, so maybe you've heard stories of people, um, man, I don't even know, I've got, I've got a lot of stories. Uh, Please be but, selective, I don't want to... Yeah, no, I'm not going to overwhelm you. Uh, but no, uh, guys, the, the number one rule, of thumb, I don't even have to give you guys examples, okay? You can come talk to me on your own if you want to. Here's the deal. If it does not line up with Scripture, if you don't see it happening in the New Testament, in the early church, if you don't see it happening there, um, Word of advice, if it ain't in Scripture, it probably ain't from God, because God's given us everything we need here in Scripture, okay? And so, uh, things that aren't really in Scripture, uh, what does 1 Corinthians tell us? I mean, 1 Thessalonians tell us to do. Uh, because we don't just throw it out. We don't just say, well, it's not in the Bible, it must not be the Holy Spirit, okay? What does 1 Thessalonians tell us to do? It says, don't quench the Spirit. So if someone comes up to you and is like, my goodness, you should have been at this conference last night. The Holy Spirit was popping. It was crazy. He was doing crazy, crazy things. People were like crawling around, like barking and doing all this kind of, like, what? Okay, I, I gave you an experience. My goodness. Okay. Yeah, it happens. People are like, wow, look at this. Like people like Kim Foles and doing like the floppy fish on the floor, you know, okay. Uh, it happens. It happens. And people say, man, look what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Bible does not say just throw that out like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. That's just weird. Okay? It says don't quench the Spirit. But what does it also say? Test the Spirit. It says test the Spirit. Okay, how do we test the Spirit? What is the number one way you test? If someone says, look, this is of God, what is the number one test block, the number one checkpoint? How do you check to see if something's from God? The Bible. It's like your reference book. It, it is more than like your reference book. It is your reference book. Okay? It is your reference and if it ain't in Scripture... And if it ain't scripture, you might want to talk about it a little bit more. Jump. Also, I don't know if this helps, but it's not a context, but in 1 Corinthians 14, something I hold on to myself is uh, 33, where it says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And then, but every, and then verse 40, it says, But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So it should be ordered to what's being done. And if it's not, then just be cautious. 
You guys might be hearing John Paul Williams preach next week because that's how we're closing next week. But John Paul Williams killing it. Uh, no, that is the truth. First Corinthians 14. Hey, there's orders, okay? The Holy Spirit doesn't do things wacko. It's orderly, okay? Now, he does some things like spontaneous. Like, I guarantee you, when they were sitting there praying in the upper room, they weren't expecting a rushing mighty wind and some fire to start floating on their heads, okay? They weren't expecting that. The Holy Spirit is spontaneous at times. But it's always orderly. It ain't weird. It ain't weird. Okay? If ever you see something that you're like, that is weird. Uh, question. Okay? Don't throw it out. There's no question. such thing as weird either. Oh, there's such thing as weird. There's some weird things. <laughs> Go down to the streets of Portland, bro. There's weird. No. Uh, okay. So, guys, with that being said, I want you guys to just, if you walk away with anything, the Holy Spirit has a lot of power, and it is at your fingertips. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? You're going to hear about that in two weeks. But here's the deal. The Bible tells us, just ask. It also says, go to those who are the spiritual leaders. Have them lay hands on you and pray that you may receive. And here's the deal. You will receive power. If you ask for it, you will receive it. Now, some churches and some denominations say, well, you know, if you don't speak in tongues... You ain't full of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what, okay? Um, that That's not fully true, okay? Now, speaking in tongues is definitely an evidence of, of if someone's speaking in tongues, uh, you, they're probably baptized in the Holy Spirit. But here's the deal. There's a lot of other gifts, okay? You see someone speaking the Word of God with fullness, that person's got the Spirit of God, okay? Now, there are some people who are definitely Christians who are definitely not filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? That's a very true statement, but here's the deal. It's not... Something they can't ever have. But God wishes that we would all be full of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you guys. Seek after the Holy Spirit. Say, God, what have you gifted me with? God, what have you gifted me with? And how can I operate in those things? Because God has a specific plan and a specific purpose for each and every single one of you. We do this almost every week, so we're going to do it this week. Take your finger and point it at yourself. And say, God, God has, has a, plan a plan and a purpose, and a purpose for, me. for me. I need, I need his, spirit his Spirit to give me power to, give me power to, accomplish, to accomplish what he has for me. What he has for me. That's the truth. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, for your word. God, we thank your spirit. God, we thank you that you have given us gifts. Uh, God, those gifts have order and those gifts have uh, their specific operations. God, and we thank you that you have given them freely to us when we ask. God, we thank you that your word tells us that you give liberally. You give your spirit to us. God, we thank you for the operations of the spirit. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to speak in tongues that we don't even understand, but God, you do. And so when we don't know what to pray, God, you can pray through us. God, we thank you for the gift of prophecy. God, for the gift of faith, for the gift of mercy, for the gift of apostleship, for that of exhortation and words of wisdom and words of knowledge, God, of, of, of giving, God, of ministering, of mercy. God, we thank you for the gifts of your spirit. God, and there's so much more that I didn't even mention. God, we thank you that your spirit is alive and active in the church today. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. God, we pray that each and every single one in this room, God, that we would experience your Holy Spirit. God, that it wouldn't be weird and that it wouldn't be, oh, what was that? But God, that we would just receive power. God, that we would receive power to be witnesses. 
So God, I pray for each and every single one of us in here. God, for those who are still seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, for those who have already received your Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now that tonight, God, you give a fresh anointing of your Spirit to each and every single one of us. God, that you would pour your Spirit on us like oil, God, and that it would overflow. God, that we would be covered head to toe in your Spirit, God. And we would go from this place in the power, in the fullness, in the authority that only comes by your Spirit. God, we thank you. God, I pray for each heart that's saying, man, I don't know. I don't know. I've experienced weird stuff. I don't know if this whole Holy Spirit thing's real. Maybe he's just there to kind of help me read the Bible. God, I pray for that heart. God, I pray, uh, God, that you would soften that heart. God, that as we continue this series, God, you would just continue to open that heart up to uh, your Holy Spirit. Uh, God, that, that, that they would receive you, uh, God, your Holy Spirit, God, and the power that your Holy Spirit has. Um, and God, for us in this life. So God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is always true and that your word is the measuring stick. God, we thank you that your word is the measuring stick. God, we thank you that we don't have to choose uh, this or that to measure, but God, your word is true always, in season and out. So God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we thank you that God, when we were in darkness, God, that that you, by your Spirit, opened our eyes, God, and we were able to see the light. So, God, we thank you, and we praise you. In your Son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So I'm going to invite Bo. Bo's going to come back, uh, because I think it's apropos. Um, he's going to sing that song one more time. Uh, but there's no more darkness, there's no more night. I got happiness, there's no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. Amen. And I want you guys to clap your hands and worship God tonight. Is that like the plan? Amen. I'm up for you.